Oh, wow, what a service. Thank you, orchestra and choir. Incredible, incredible. We're looking forward to next Sunday. It's going to be a magnificent day. The choir, of course, will be singing in the last two services. The orchestra is going to be here for three services. How does that work? You, you're going to be exhausted day, I think. Some of you are going to have sore fingers, I think, because you're... We're very, very thankful for all of you, and I am looking forward to Easter. I hope you are. We've just gotten a small taste of what's going to be happening. Now, listen, we're going to jam every chair we can into this space, but we've got three services scheduled for a reason. There'll be a lot of people here. If it's possible for you to move on either side, that is to the 8.15 or the 11 o'clock service, my hunch is the 9.30 is going to be the one that's most full. And my hope, my prayer is that we'll spread out over the services so we don't have anyone in the foyer. If we do, we'll have sound out there and all the rest, but that would be... That would be ideal. So you might just consider that, but it is going to be tremendous. And so we look forward to celebrating the resurrection of Christ. Of course, this week, as we'll mention a little later in the service, there are other, other events scheduled for us. It's going to be truly a holy week. Amen. Amen. Last week, I talked with you about prayer about answered prayer and this extraordinary promise that Jesus gives us. If you believe whatever you ask for in prayer, you'll receive. That's what Jesus said. What an extraordinary promise that is. And people who believe, Christians who have faith, actually do see God answering their prayers. They see God answering their prayers, and because of that, their spiritual life comes alive. They're aware of the presence of God. They know it's not just a story, just a nice idea to believe that God is real and that the Spirit of God is present and that Jesus is Lord. It's not just a story. It's not just an idea. It's not just theory. It's not simply theology. It is a living reality. If we have faith and we pray in faith, and yet, and yet, let's be honest, there are times we pray and we don't see the answer we seek. And I've known quite a few people who have struggled in their faith because of it. They begin praying in great faith and then, and then they face disappointment. They find it hard to pray in faith again. I've even known people who say, I've had it. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I believe in God, but, but I'm done with church, I'm done with the Bible, I'm done with all that because, well, then they tell you a story. They had a desperate need, they prayed, they believed God was going to answer, then there was no answer. Maybe you're living right now with unanswered prayer. What about that? Well, I told you last week I wanna talk about it this week, and so I'm going to do that. And believe it or not, as we look at this subject, it will lead us straight into the Lord's Supper that we're going to share. I know it doesn't seem like that fits together, but I think you'll see it actually fits very closely together. So the first thing we need to understand about unanswered prayer is that often it's not unanswered. 
God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. And what we think is God's no is often simply God's wait. Give it time. I'm working out my purposes. There's a wonderful parable that Jesus told that makes this very, very clear. It's in Luke chapter 18, and I want to read it to you. In verse 1, it says, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So often people give up. King James says, faint. They should always pray and not faint. There are many people who faint in their faith, giving up in their prayers. And Jesus taught this parable so that they wouldn't do that, that you and I wouldn't do that. Here it is. In a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That's a really interesting parable. You have this widow who has no resources other than her determination. She has no power to get justice against her adversary. So she goes to the judge and the judge doesn't care. He doesn't want to be bothered by her. But she sees to it that he is bothered. She keeps coming back. She keeps pressing her claims. He's getting exasperated. The judge, I mean. It's more than he can take. And he said, you know what? If I don't do something, this woman's going to come and attack me. In the Greek, it literally says that she'll strike me under the eye. She'll give me a black eye. That's what the Greek actually means, most literally, to give someone a black eye. It's used figuratively here, so you might translate it, the judge is saying, if I don't give her what she wants, she's going to browbeat me to death. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So she's determined, she's going to get what she wants. Now, Jesus is not saying that God is like this unjust judge. Rabbis at this time would often use a, a way of, of telling the story. It's a kind of a how much more story. So Jesus is talking about this unjust judge who nevertheless answers the, the request of the widow, not because he's a good judge, but because of her persistence. How much more, Jesus is saying, will our heavenly father, who loves us, cares about us, how much more will he hear our requests? Will he keep putting us off? That's an interesting question because, well, because sometimes it seems like God puts us off. 
But will he put us off forever? Jesus says, absolutely not. He'll see that you get justice. He'll see that your prayer is answered. And quickly. Now, this is quickly according to God's timetable. You might say that you will have your prayer answered at the proper time, promptly, not necessarily today or tomorrow, but at the right time. Without delay, God will answer your prayer. And then he does something interesting. Jesus, I mean, he turns the table. God will see to it, he says, that you'll get your answer. And it won't be delayed. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Or will he instead find people who say, well, you know what, I'm over it. I, I, I gave up on it because I prayed and I didn't get an answer. Jesus is saying that you need to pray and not give up. You need to know that God will answer. He will not delay. And you need to know that as you wait, God is not being put to test. You are. I am. See, it's a test of our faith. So when it seems as if our, our prayers have not been answered, we need to continue to pray. We need to continue to seek God, asking him to, to meet the need we've brought to him. Now you ask, well, how long do I pray? Well, you pray until you get a no, or of course a yes. I mean, you keep praying, you keep praying. There may be a time when it just settles in your heart, you know it's time to stop praying. You need to let it go. More often it may be that time has passed. The person for whom you pray did not get well. The job you were praying for, it's been filled by someone else. So circumstances tell you it's over. You received a no. But until you receive a no, you keep praying. You keep praying, knowing that God's going to fulfill your prayer in his time, quickly according to his calendar. Now, that's the first thing. God's delays are not God's denials. And we need to realize that our faith is being tested and we need to pass the test by being persistent. But there certainly are times when we pray for something and the answer is no. And those can be difficult as well. And when that's the case, it comes down to God's will. But there's something that needs to be needs to be explained about that. Let me read from 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. It says this, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Now, all of you on this side, could see the text on the screen. Over on this side, you're out of luck. I'm so sorry. We are, we are hoping and praying that this projector is raised from the dead before Easter. <laughs> We're working on it, I promise. We do know, I know that that's blank behind me. But you see this scripture here is a clear statement that if you pray according to God's will, you know God hears you. If you know God hears you, you know he's going to answer. So the key is to pray according to God's will. Now, 
here's the, here's the thing. You have a kind of general will of God. Let's, and let's call it God's unhindered will. It's God's will as it's done in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? Absolutely not. Sin in heaven? No. There is only peace and joy and God's will is perfectly done in heaven. That's God's unhindered will. But in this world, this created world, it's a good world. There's so many wonderful aspects to it, but it's still in many ways out of joint. It's a fallen world. Now, why God permitted the first sin and permitted the world to come into this state I don't know. Ultimately, none of us knows. But clearly, he has. And so when we talk about God's will, it's not just a matter of his unhindered will. It's God's, let's call it this, God's under the circumstances will. In other words, under the circumstances, in the world as it is, where things are out of joint, and God is working in all the complex relationships to bring about his perfect will in the end, sometimes God's will seems counterintuitive. Sometimes the things we know, we know God wants, he won't give us. God is, God is not a God of sickness and disease, and yet God doesn't heal every sickness and disease. According to his unhindered will, he would. But in this world, under the circumstances, to seek a higher good, he doesn't always do it. Some years ago, Linda and I were traveling in the Northeast. We actually flew into um, Boston, spent a couple of days in Boston, and then we in a rental car, drove around in Massachusetts, stopping in a lot of the small towns. And it, we had such a great time, you know, going to places like Concord, where you can see the sh where the shot heard round the world was fired and things like that. It was just fantastic. We enjoyed it so much. We went to Salem, Massachusetts, a little bit of a disappointment because of all the witch trials. Now you've got all kinds of sort of seedy witch kind of places there, you know, costumes and all the rest. But still, it was interesting to go to a town like that. And I think it was in Salem. I'm not certain. After, after this morning, Linda will probably say, no, you actually got the town wrong. But it doesn't matter to my point. Don't say it while I'm preaching. I mean. <laughs> so I think it was in Salem. We go to Salem early in the morning. I think it was a Friday. And, and we find a place to park. It was easy to park, lots of open spaces. And we start walking around the town, the downtown area there. And, and we had a good time. But then as the day wore on, you know, we're close. <laughs> as I recall, we were close to Halloween. And so people were pouring into Salem, as you might imagine. But as the day wore on, the downtown area became so congested, cars everywhere, people everywhere. So when it was time for us to go, we go to our car. How do we get out of this place? I mean, it, we pretty much knew the quickest, straightest route. We knew how to get to the major road that would take us back to our home base where we were staying. But there, the traffic was backed up. We weren't, we weren't sure how we could even get there. It could take forever. 
Well, sometime before this, this was several years ago, sometime before this, my son-in-law had told me about the app Waze. You know about Waze, right? So it gives you a map, the way you're to go, but then it adjusts based on traffic. Well, I had downloaded the app, but I hadn't used it yet. I try not to use it now because I have this naive sense that if I try real hard, I can stay out of Google's computers. (laughs) So anyway, I thought, well, let's give it a try. So Linda and I put in the address we wanted to go, and it was amazing. (laughs) We get in the car, and it has us turn the opposite direction out of the parking lot. I mean, opposite direction from where we're trying to go. I mean, we know the quickest, easiest way under normal conditions to get back where we needed to go, but these weren't normal conditions. So it had us turn right. And then there's a left, and then it was a right, and we're going around winding streets. We make it through this residential area. I did, we're, we're taking turn after turn. We're thinking, this, is, this can't be getting us where we need to go. I mean, it's not too long and, you know, completely disoriented. Don't know which way is north, south, east, west. We're, we're just taking turns, as Waze tells us. But you know, it's telling us, so we put our faith in it, and sure enough, we finally come to the road we were seeking, this major road, and we turned right and we move back to where we needed to go. It was amazing. Now, it wasn't the quickest way, wasn't the quickest way under ideal conditions, but it was the best way under the circumstances. And see, that's the way God's will works. We know God's heart. We know what God wants, ideally. But under the circumstances, to achieve his ultimate goal, God has to work with the situation as it is. And sometimes, sometimes we don't get exactly what we asked for. Not that we won't get what we hope for, what we ultimately hope for, we'll receive that, but we won't necessarily get what we ask for. And knowing that is part of faith, faith in prayer, or rather faith in God, therefore faith when you pray. In the same way, we have to have faith in that situation, we have to have faith in ways. And so sometimes Linda and I are traveling now and we've got ways, you know, and it tells us to turn off the interstate. We're going down I-35. We're thinking, what? It's wide open. It's clear. But we've learned that if we don't listen, just a couple of miles down the road, we're going to be, we turn off. We put our faith in ways. We have to put our faith in God, even when it seems like he doesn't answer our prayers. Now, you know, you know who had to do exactly this same thing? The one who told us, that if you believe whatever you ask for in prayer, you will receive. The very same one was in the garden. The garden is called Gethsemane. And there he was with his disciples. And he is, he is burdened. He's burdened because he knows that he will soon endure the agony of the cross. And so 
he prays to his father, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. All things are possible. Nevertheless, not my will. Actually, he says, all things are possible. Take this cup from me. He's talking about the cup of suffering. He doesn't want to go to the cross. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus has faith. Father, everything's possible for you. You can do all things. Take this cup from me. I don't want to drink it. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Is it, is it God's, God's perfect will for Christ to suffer the agony of Calvary? Under the circumstances, it certainly is. With an unredeemed humanity, he sends his son to bear our sins. And because, because that was God's will, Jesus had to suffer. I don't know why good people face hard things and why God doesn't answer this or that particular prayer, but it's quite clear. It's quite clear that God in everything is working for our good, that God is, is working his will out so that even when he says no in the short run, it is to fulfill our greatest hopes in the long run, to glorify his name and to bless us with what is best. Amen? That's why he's come. That's why he's come. And he was able to go forward because he knew that even though, even though the answer was no, he would have to drink the cup. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He knew that truly what he most desired was being granted. What he most desired was the salvation of us, of us. Don't despair when it seems like your prayer isn't answered. Chances are you just need to keep praying. But if the answer's a no, do not despair because we serve the God of the resurrection, the God who raised Christ from the dead. And there are ways in which God works his will that we, we, we don't understand, but we can trust. We can trust. We must trust. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, that you are indeed not just with us, but guiding us. You hear our prayers. You answer our prayers. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to pass the test, to trust you, Lord, to have faith, even when, Lord, even when it seems as if you've not heard. And Lord, we trust you, even when the answer's no, because we know every no is given so that in the final, fullest sense, you can say yes. 
We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.